Good evening, Ringrats. Great to see you, and welcome to the Blackhawks Ringcast, Season 7, Episode 1. Even though I forgot to change the ticker, it's actually not Episode 11. It's Episode 1 of the new season. Season number 7 from TheRink.com. It's time to talk Blackhawk hockey, folks. It is on the horizon. Training camp does start tomorrow. I think our stream just froze there for a minute, but now it's back. That's probably Sean's fault, and we'll introduce him in a minute. He's usually the guy with the internet problems. Anyway, I'm Andy Campbell. I'm your host tonight. We have an awesome cast, and we have a great crew, led by the co-founder and the gatekeeper. You might know him as Puck and Hostel, Jeff Osborne. How are we doing, buddy? What's up, Howdy, Gate? folks. Welcome to be – or uh, happy to be back, actually. Uh, we got a good season ahead of us. Awesome season. And then there is Sean Fitzgerald, who I just blamed for internet problems and also anything else that's going poorly in my life. Shawnee, how the hell are you doing, buddy? I am good. Uh, wearing a Chicago Dogs hat of the <laughs> Midwest League. So it kind of got a, got away from talking about my hat about Not bad. last year's pod. So I decided to throw that in there. And I'm Not bad. Nobody cares, Sean. Yeah. Nobody, cares. Blue, Nobody cares. Like, yeah, I like the light blue trim on there. And then oh, joining yeah. us from Strong Island. Blackhawk loyalist and Kansas City Chiefs fan as well. The Bard. Andrew Bard, how are we doing, buddy? What's going on? What's going on? Good to see you, my friend. And card collector, content editor, prospect guru, who had a very good, uh, some good uh, pre-draft analysis of not only Chicago Blackhawk picks, but around the league. Eric Andrews, what's going on, buddy? How you been? Doing well, doing well. It's been fun seeing 98 wearing a red, white, and black sweater of late. Oh, uh, who is that? Don't know. Oh, got it. Excellent. And we'd like to welcome uh, to the rink, uh, originally from Elgin, Illinois, now relocated to the sunny state of Florida, Brett, Brent Meski, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, guys. New, new writer. We will see him uh, a lot of uh, stuff from him in the coming future. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. We're looking forward for some, uh, some good features for you, Brent. Welcome aboard. And um, awesome to have you with us. So, folks, we got training camp starting tomorrow. And here we go. And what is on the tip of everyone's tongue? That guy that Eric was referencing, number 98, Connor Bedard. Who? He's this new guy. He's 18 years old. Everyone's saying he's overrated. But then something happened in the prospect tournament that maybe had people second-guessing that sentiment. Uh, A hat trick. In one game of hockey, sure. Prospect camp, was, oh, it's not the NHL yet, whatever. He's overrated, and he's going to be too small. But what did we see there, guys? I mean, I, we have to touch base on this. That was pretty incredible. Gate, were you on the edge of your seat that whole time or what? Well, considering I didn't actually get to watch the stream, I was watching it remotely. Um, oh, I was surprised. You know, I, I shouldn't say I was surprised, but um, he went out there and made it look pretty effortless. Um, and it was kind of funny how he came out there right after Fantilli. And I know Bardo is going to bring up Fantilli in a little bit, but, uh, it's kind of funny how Fantilli went out there and threw out a hat trick. And then everyone's like, Oh, well, look at this guy. He's so good. And then, but our just answered it, answered all the questions and, uh, created a couple more questions probably, uh, by going out there and just making it look easy with his, uh, snaptastic goals. It's unbelievable. That release is, is very, very special. And Eric, you were 
you were one of the few that watched the entire game, you know, from start to finish. What did, you know, and I watched a decent portion of it, but it looked like he took a little bit of time to just kind of feel out what was going on. And then all of a sudden said, all right, let's do this. I yeah, mean, what, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that for sure. I mean, I wouldn't say that he looked tentative in the first period, but you, as you said, he was kind of, you know, feeling things out and um, just getting his feet wet. I mean, it was the first competitive hockey that he had been playing in a number of months. So it's understandable, but you know, the, th- the thing that stood out to me too, I mean, obviously, yes, the goal is the great shot, the great release, all of that. But the, the really encouraging thing for me is that he wasn't trying to force it either. He was taking advantage of the opportunities that presented themselves, but he wasn't forcing shots. So, you know, you, you could see that he was making the smart play. He was deferring to teammates a lot as well, um, you know, and vice versa. Obviously, guys were trying to get him the puck too, but um, the decision-making was definitely a very encouraging aspect of that game for sure. Bardo, was that anything that uh, stood out in, uh, in your mind as far as his performance? I mean, I, I think the one thing that I, that I was mesmerized by is obviously his quick release. Everybody loves that and his second goal, pulling it in that close to your body and being able to put that where he did is not something that your average hockey player could do, but his, his puck protection. Yeah. And how he I, I never thought puck. I'd see the day where, uh, where the Blackhawks would get Brian Berard in and as their number one defenseman, it's, it's very exciting. That's <laughs> it's not Brian Berard. Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I, he, he, he was, he was phenomenal. I mean, that shot was absolutely ridiculous. And, um, you know, the, I think it was one of the broadcasters said whippiness of his stick. I mean, it was just crazy. The torque that thing took, um, when he shot it and just the accuracy, I mean, I, I mean, we always marveled at, at Kane's accuracy. I think he's, he's like 20 times better than him accuracy wise. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty, pretty astonishing stuff. Yeah. What about you, Shawnee? Yeah, he um, he lived up to the billing in that uh, prospect tournament. Um, obviously, he was the number one overall pick. He's a generational talent, according to all the scouts, and the most heralded prospect since Connor McDavid. So you should expect something like this to happen, especially when he's playing with guys that you already know he's extremely better than, like. It's not like he went out and did this in an NHL All-Star game yet. But I was right. excited. I'm excited for the future of the Blackhawks. Um, and I think as much as the excitement is, I think we need to temper our expectations when it gets into the season because he is only 18 years old. It's going to be the NHL. There's going to be grown men. So maybe let's not expect highlight real goals every night in the NHL. Yeah. No, I mean, I feel that. I don't want to, you know, no one wants to see a lot of unnecessary pressure on the kid. But, Brent, I mean, I do you feel excited? Do you feel like it's okay to be excited? I mean, do you have any concerns about what you saw the other night? I mean, that's the first time I've been excited about the Blackhawks in years. So, and I think a lot of people would echo that sentiment. And I will follow it up with, I know I showed you guys already, but I also come from this as my Chicago rooting interest. So to be excited about Chicago sports again, I mean, everybody but the Blackhawks are kind of in the gutter right now. I mean, exciting. Northsiders Northsiders are feeling good. They're they're not going to make the playoffs, but they're doing better than the South. Oh, hey. Shots fired. Still in the playoffs as of today. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure that out. So anyway, uh, Bedard's a real deal. And I think, you know, Hawk fans, it, it, it's okay to be excited. You know, get excited about this guy. I mean, I, 
you know, he will pull off some highlight reel, highlight reel material as an 18 year old, you know, to that end, as Sean was mentioning, we can't expect it to happen every night, but there are going to be some moments on NHL tonight where everyone's going to want to tune into this kid and, you know, over under on 70 points. What do you think? Let's go around the room gate. Um, and Bedard 70 points or the Hawks 70 points? <laughs> Bedard, yeah. I'm not, we're not going to win games. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say he's going to be right around there, 68, 75, somewhere in that area, maybe, which is, which is, you know, what, 30, 35 goals. I think he could pull that off. Yeah. Um, right. even at 30 goals, 40 assists, I mean, that's in the 70 range. And I think that's pretty reasonable for a guy with his talent level. Yeah. Everyone else catching that frisbee, Bardo? I'm going to say slightly under because I just don't trust the help around him to be able to get all those assists. I think he's going to be the one that's going to get the 35 goals. I don't think that's going to be, I think that's realistic. I just think 30, 32 assists. I, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, if don't, he's getting- I mean, I don't know. He certainly doesn't have a lot of playmakers around him, but he does have a lot of guys that can win pucks. He does, um, but is Taylor Hall staying healthy a whole year? I mean, I don't know if you can yeah, who knows. That. And that's probably his best winger. As yeah. Of now. yeah, poor Taylor. What a drag. We're <laughs> <laughs> already kicking him to the curb. Poor guy. Poor guy. Just, yeah. just gets shuttled around. Number one overall pick, shuttled around his whole career. Well, what about the rest of the prospect tournament? Eric, you watch this probably more than any of us. You're our big prospect guy. What are some of the other prospects of note, some guys that caught your eye over the, over the two games that were played? Handful <laughs> of young guys, handful of promise, actually. I mean, you know, it's the best prospect pool the Hawks have had in – some time, but what, what, what say you about this? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think obviously the focus on in the first game was Bedard, you know, obviously. Um, but I think the nice thing, and I didn't catch all of the, uh, the second game against the, the blues, but, or against the wild, excuse me. But um, I think, you know, from what I did see, it was nice to kind of just watch the group and not just be constantly thinking about Bedard, constantly be glued to him when he was on the ice so you could really, you know, look at the other guys and kind of see what they were doing well. Um, a couple guys that stood out to me were Colton Dock and yeah. Ryder Rolston, actually, just because they both had mm-hmm. a lot of that kind of like get up and go mentality, uh, you know, chasing hard after pucks, not afraid to go to the dirty areas. Um, you know, and obviously, like we were saying, this is just a prospect tournament. It's not the NHL by any means, but still, you know, seeing that mentality and seeing them you know, consciously making those decisions to play that, that tough brand of hockey is definitely encouraging. Um, defensively, I thought obviously Korchinski looked really good and, you know, very fluid with the puck. So that's encouraging. Um, didn't necessarily see a whole lot of, you know, where his defensive game is at. Obviously that's kind of the big question mark heading into camp for him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but even guys like Nolan Allen, Ethan Del Mastro, they looked good. Um, obviously Drew Camesso had a shutout in the first game. So that's really encouraging as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think those are kind of the guys that stuck out the most to me. He's no Jackson Stauber though. Oh no. <laughs> no. Or Matt Tompkins. Yeah. One name that keeps <laughs> popping up and, uh, no roids, just rage, uh, wrote this in, um, Wyatt Kaiser. Yeah. is very noticeable. And, and, and even before prospect camp when the rookies were just practicing, everyone's like, Ooh, why looks great. Why looks great. Um, gate, not so sure. What do you what do you think, uh, Brent? What do you think, Wyatt Kaiser? I mean, he's solid. I mean, he's definitely he looked good in the games. I mean, and that's really the first time we're seeing him, obviously. Um, and I think, kind of the to the point about Korchinski, going back to him, 
I mean, if the biggest knock on that guy right now is that we don't know about his defensive play, um, why don't we just look at who the goaltenders are going to be this year? I think we could have our 2010, 2013, 2015 defensive quarters in front of him. Goals right. are still going to go in the net against this yeah. team. So, I mean, give the kid a shot. Any of these young defensemen, I think this is your perfect year. And a guy like Wyatt Kaiser kind of showed that in the prospect camp. Give him the time. Like, this team isn't winning anything this year. This yeah. team shouldn't want to win anything this year. You should want to be in the lottery again next year. Right. So, Kaiser, Kaiser he, le- he left school. Uh, he played nine games for the Hawks last year. Bardo, did you see anything in those nine games where you think that he's going to stick this year? Is it too hard to tell going into camp? I mean, I don't think anything really stood out. He's definitely going to get a shot at camp. Um, you know, in the games, in the game that I saw him play in, the uh, which was the first game, I, I mean, I thought he had a little bit of a fearlessness to him that I liked. Um, you know, he's a pretty good skater. So I, I certainly think he's going to get a shot for sure. Um, you know, Korczynski, it seems like he might get those first, you know, eight or nine games before potentially being sent back to juniors. Um, and again, I always talk about this is the development of Nolan Allen. I mean, he went from being, you know, everyone killing Stan Bowman for picking him because he was a reach at the time, which may have been the case. And then I I think he had a lousy first year and now he's all of a sudden developed into, you know, a steady prospect. I mean, he still has some, you know, rough edges to hit to his game, but I think there's, there's promise there for sure. Yeah. Gate on the goaltender front uh, with your goaltender knowledge. I mean, obviously Camesso with the shutout or which was pretty cool, but I mean, I will probably see him in the, he'll be in the AHL probably most of the year. I don't know. Could he get a late call up at some point or. I mean, there's going to be injuries. Peter Mrazek's going to get hurt. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's just, you know, water is wet and this, Peter Mrazek gets hurt. Like it, that's that what happens. Peter hurt. Yeah. So yeah. like you're going to have, you know, Soderblom who was okay when, when he was in the, you know, uh, when he was up in the NHL. Um, I think he's, you know, a pretty good player. He's still young. Uh, I think he's got some really good potential. Uh, uh, there's some, a lot of people hating on him, just kind of skipping right over him to Jackson Stauber. And, you know, I'll get to that right now. Like that guy, like he looked like garbage last year in the preseason. He looked awful. He, lo- he couldn't stop a thing. And, you know, he played a little in the AHL, and he he did have a good stretch in the pros. But, like, I want to see, you know, 10 games out of the guy before I'm going to, you know, anoint him, uh, you know, an NHL player. Uh, the goalie you know, messiah? There's a, there's a reason why he was a free, an, an unrestricted free agent coming out of college and why they signed him that way. Like, he was undrafted. There's a reason for that, you know? So – He'll be fine in the AHL, and that's great. And Camessa will be fine in the AHL, and that's great. And I think Soderblom, it's probably time for him to, you know, make that step to be more of a full-time NHL or just to see, you know, what he's going to turn into. He may be a Calendelia, which, you know, doesn't stick, or he may be a, you know, Kevin Lankinen, who played well for a stretch but then ended up, you know, he's he's disappeared. Where's Kevin Lankinen now? I mean, he's playing for the Predators, but, like, has he, have you heard anything about Kevin Lankinen since he left? No, not a damn thing. And, and there were people that were ready to sell the farm for Kevin Lankinen and how great he was. And, and this and it was the same for, you know, Subban too. It's, you know, I hate to say it, it's the uneducated eye as far as goalies go. Like they can get on heaters for two or three games and play really well until the league actually, I want to see you go through the league one full time. And these guys get film on you. Mm-hmm. And then come back and we'll see how, how, what happens the second time they come through the, you know, 
the league and and how teams have adjusted or not adjust, been been able to adjust to these goalies. Then you can really tell how a goalie is going to be. It's yeah. really hard for him to like come up with three games and have have a heater because he's a guy no one's ever seen before. And uh, you know the, the Blackhawks are playing on a high because they got a rookie in net and they're trying to really protect him. That doesn't happen 10, 15 games into the season, you know, or into your career. You know, after I mean, a while, it kind of just goes away. So Jeff Glass won some games in the NHL. So what you're saying is right, Gate. Like yeah. goalies could get on heaters, but like, they they do. You saw it in the playoffs last year. Like the you know. Vegas didn't have, I mean, those goalies are not, they're not not. top echelon NHL goalies, but they got on heaters. They got hot at the right time. And that's what happens. I mean, you've seen that for years and years and years and years. Bob Mason, Bob Blackhawks, Bob Mason. He got on a heater with the Capitals. He was a rookie. He wasn't really that good. He got on a heater with the Capitals, took him to the, like, I don't know, the uh, quarterfinals or something like that. And then he gets this big free agent contract from the Blackhawks he hadn't seen the entire league. He comes here and then it, it's happened a lot of times with a lot Jordan of goals. Big, Jordan Biggington or whatever the hell is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Bennington. Jeez. That guy fell apart. Yeah. Fast. Look at Elaine, Crystal Ball Huey. Yeah. Elaine oh, Chevrier. Yeah. Everyone remember Elaine Chevrier? Yeah. yeah. Jacques Cloutier. Like Jacques it happens. Yeah. Greg Millen. Yeah. Greg oh. Millen. I love it. Oh, but one of the better God. looks in hockey history. Yeah. I mean, he's lefty, so he's got to be good, right? Yeah. The Aeroflex pads and that Jofa cage. Mm-hmm. But anyway, but I have a lot of cases with goalies is that, you know, <laughs> you know, with, uh, you know, if you go back to the 2010 team with that had Niemi, Niemi was a talented goalie, but yeah. he had holes in his game. But at the same time, he had a great team in front of him that limited the shots. And I think that's a lot of what Vegas did last year. They limited yeah. shots. They were so good defensively. They just needed um, whatever the guy's name was. What, what was his name? Hill? What was his last name? The, the goalie. Aiden Hill? Hill? Yeah, Aiden yeah, Hill. Aiden yeah. Hill. They Aiden just Hill, needed him to, to come up with big saves when needed. That's all you needed. And, yeah, I mean, they had Logan Thompson. They had all kinds yeah, of goalies. they had all kinds of gutses, and, and it's just a matter of just, you know. Jonathan Quick. Jonathan Quick was there, too. Yeah. For a while, you yeah, know. It, it was. That's right. It's a whole yeah. thing. Like, you just, you got to, they got to go through the league once before you can actually yeah. make a really good uh, assumption on a goalie and Jackson Stauber hasn't done that. So no. to, to say you're going to push everybody aside and slide Jackson Stauber ahead of everybody because he had three decent games with, or, you know, in the NHL. He played six, but... Yeah. But it, that doesn't say he played great in all six games. No, no, no I'm just saying. Yeah. 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 So let's no, like, guess. let's just, let's just calm down a little bit. Let's keep, stay with the plan. Let's well, yeah, order I mean, Blom and yeah. And then you got Comesso and Stauber in the A. Yeah. And let's let's just kind of hang there. And I mean, I uh, haven't even right. like I'm surprised. I I you know, I'm not you know trying to quibble, but I, I really are people out there really talking about Jackson Stauber like he's real deal. Were, I like at one are they really? I mean, he has a he doesn't even he's got an under nine save percentage. I mean, in the AHL he did. Well, yeah, and even in his Fights games with the Twitter. Hawks, <laughs> I gotta be honest, I'm least concerned about the goaltending position. I'm more concerned with developing the 18 players that play in front of the goaltender because For sure. That sure. to me is is way more important. So, yeah. Well, to that end, I mean, I don't. You know, the, the Blackhawks right now probably have. They do have four defensemen that you could say are probably going to be cemented in the lineup this year, um, and that's Seth Jones, Seth Orr, um, if you yeah. will, Ray. We missed <laughs> Connor Murphy, Jared Tenorti, and Nikita Zaitsev. Wonderful. Hmm. So maybe it maybe it does matter who the goalies are when that guy's on the ice. Um, at any rate, I mean, I, it seems like it's, it's those four that 
have roster spots that will seem like they're guaranteed at this time. And then it's, you know, guys like Philip Bruce and Isaac, Phil, Isaac Phillips, who, you know, may be in there, but then other than that, you know, it's, it, it seems like it's open season. And so with the, with the prospects, you know, and the, and the young blue line, who, who is going to stick? And I want to hear some predictions and some thoughts out there. Obviously everyone wants Korchinski to stick. We just don't know if that's possible or not, but are any of the others, we talked about Kaiser maybe in there. Del Mastro, people were excited about him up at the World Junior Tournament last year. Not a ton of buzz around him right now. Bless I don't know. Him. Does anyone think that he's got a legitimate shot? What do you think, Bardo? So I think he's definitely have, has a shot. But going back to the four veterans that you mentioned, I mean, I think Tenorti could almost be your six seven guy. I think yeah. it's kind of a swing. I think Zaitsev, I would not be surprised if they kind of put him on waivers and then he ended up being sort of a um, an AHL body. And given his contract, get it off the books. I, I think they not... need him at the NHL level, though, to meet the floor. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah. I thought they were still I... above the floor enough that they could actually do oh, that. Oh, they, they might be, but I know they retained his contract. No, right. That I know. Yeah. But in, in terms of other guys, I think Del, Del Mastro could get a shot. I do think Velasic's going to get a shot. I mean, he played pretty extensively last year. I think he played about – he played 20 games, 15 games. Played a decent amount, but I, I think, you know, there's some definitely potential there. I think he's going to get a spot on the blue line for sure. Yeah. I mean, are there any right-handed defensemen that, you know, that they have in the system? Everyone's left-handed. It's crazy. Yeah, they're moving but, guys around like you yeah. you, know, you saw this weekend. I mean, I think it was Nolan Allen that played on the right side. Right. I mean, yeah. I, think, I just think that, you know, it is what it is. There's just, you know, that they're just going to work with it. And I don't think it bothers them as much. I think it bothers fans and 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 people like us more than more right. than it does them. So yeah, and you're. I mean, it 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 could it could work. I mean, it's yeah. just you know, it's a little. I don't know. Maybe it's just something to be concerned about when you have so many, you know, solid D prospects, and they do have a lot of solid D prospects. Yeah. Kind of nitpick at that stuff like that. So. I don't the good know, news is, is that they don't need to force or rush anybody. They can literally keep these guys and let them, you know, marinate, overcook, whatever you want to say, in uh, in the AHL even further. So, yeah, who who are you all? I guess here's another good question. And, and Brent, I'm going to go to you on this one. Who are you rooting for to make the club out of camp? Bernard's going to make the club out of camp. Korchinski, we got questions about, but as far as some of the other guys, does anyone have any personal favorites? And I'm going to. Def- I'm going to defer and deflect as much as I possibly can due to my uh, my uh, Alec Regula uh, claim. <laughs> I was going to say he's not on the club years anymore. Ago that I will never live down, and people should continue to give me a really hard time about that, and it is well-deserved. Uh, but, Brent, are you rooting for anybody? Is there anyone you'd like to see? Is there anything you know where like, I really want to see this kid do well? I mean, the fan in me says all of them, obviously. Like, sure. I like to not see a bust here. Right. I mean – Honestly, I'm more excited about the possibility of rotating all of these guys in and out. Like, why why stick one guy in there? Like, we have so much youth. These guys need the time. Like, get them up for a handful of games, send them back down. Like, that's what it's there for. I mean, I'd love to see Kruczynski stick. I think everybody would. Um, and, I mean, honestly, if we're going back to the D, like, you've got Zeitz up there. Like, if if he's able to stick on an NHL roster, yeah, maybe it's because of salary and we got to meet the four. But um, I'd like to think that Korchinski makes a roster if we can safely sit there and be like, yeah, our plan is for Zaitsev to get into as many games as possible. Yeah. Like, get these young guys in there too. 
rotate yeah. them in if a guy starts struggling, send them back down. Like, yeah. don't force it, but let them, let them get their time up here. Right. And Eric, I, I think that's a really good point, Brent. Thank you for that. And Eric, I do you feel similarly in that regard? I mean, it, it wasn't that long ago where where two very good defensive prospects, the Blackhawks had Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook, very young in their careers, you know, were rookies. And they basically said, all right, just go play full time as NHL defensemen. And, you know, they kind of fed them to the wolves and said, all right, go learn on the fly. I'm not Folks, I'm not projecting our defensemen to be Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook. That's not what's going on here. I'm just saying. I mean, Duncan I'm, getting Keith, my I'm getting my tweet ready. Andy Campbell predicts. Yeah, I know. But Duncan of Keith. Rink. Yeah, Duncan Keith was a second round pick, by the way. Um, but at any rate, is, is there is there anything bad about that? If it's just like feeding him to the wolves, Eric? I mean, I think you have to be careful with it. Um, you know, and I think like what Brent was saying there's nothing wrong with saying, okay, like let's give this guy, you know, a five or 10 game stretch, you know, let him get his feet wet and get comfortable, you know, learn some things and then let's give this guy a shot. And then this guy a shot. Um, you know, I, I think that's kind of in a way the nice or one nice thing about where the progression of the prospect pool is at right now is there are kind of a lot of guys that are all at a similar point in their development. So you can kind of, you know, be giving them, all a little bit of, you know, of, of that action as opposed to, you know, just needing to play a guy full time. Um, you know, looking at the blue line, I think that probably Alex Vlasic will be full time with the Hawks. Um, he's probably the only one of the young guys that I would say that that's likely the case. I think all of the others are probably going to be, uh, you know, on the, on the highway between Chicago and Rockford quite a bit all season, but um, you know, and up front with the forwards, there's a lot of guys like that too. Um, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see, hopefully, uh, Cole Gutman have a full season and just kind of see what yeah, he can do. I like him. Um, you know, he definitely showed some flashes at points last year, you know, with that energy and, you know, a little bit of offensive talent as well. So, um, you know, hopefully for his sake, he can play a full 82 and, you know, actually, you know, really establish himself. I would like to see that. Yeah. That's a good take. I like that. Vlasic, Vlasic full time up there. Yeah, that should be interesting. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a big Vlasic guy. I don't know why that is. I don't mean, I'm not trying to like knock on a guy and ruin him. You don't like pickles? <laughs> no, I just, I honestly, I, I didn't think much of him at Boston University. You know, I, you know, I'm, I, I guess maybe six, seven guys that aren't physical. I, being a 5'10 hockey player, I get very envious. And when they're not physical, I'm like, oh man. You know, why can't you just put someone through the glass, buddy? But that's just me, personal preference. Now, this is an interesting thing that's going on hold, right now. Hold on. Isaac Phillips is my guy, by the way. Ooh, all right. Okay. He, play, he played 16 games last year with the club, played yeah. four the year before. He showed a little bit of promise. I'd like to see get him get him some more runway and see if he could play. Yeah, and he, 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 he did very well in Rockford for a while, too, for a couple of years. I mean, he yeah. certainly. Talk about it, developing a player. I mean, that's yeah. So he's my guy that I hope makes the roster. Yeah, I like that. That's a good take. I'm going to go to Gate on this one. Um, just shifting gears real quick. Another announcement heading into training camp. Lucas Reichel is NHL ready, and he is. He is. It's time for Lucas Reichel to be an NHL player. Another guy that they kept in Rockford developed. But the announcement has been that, uh, or the announcement happened that they're going to start him at center um, in training camp. Gate. Good time to do this. Bad time to do this. Will this stick? What's the deal? It's 
probably what they should have done all along if that's what they intended on, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I know uh, I mentioned it last time, but Chris Block actually had an excellent podcast where he went on about how they were mishandling him in Rockford and not playing him in the position where they wanted him in the NHL or like, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't killing penalties. He wasn't doing any of the stuff that they were going to try and kind of groom him for in the NHL. So, um, you know, if they're, if they wanted to play center, you know, they had him play center down there and they want him to play center in the NHL, then you got to try it and, and figure out. And if not, you could say, Hey, you know what? He's not a center. Let's put him at wing. Kind of like the Kirby. Maybe they should have done that with Kirby doc, you know, Right. Um, he, he played center and he looked really good early on, but then suddenly, you know, he wasn't all that great. He wasn't winning face-offs. He wasn't playing physical, like put him on the wing then, you know, and, uh, you know, they seem like they're going to go out there. They're going to try it. They're going to see what happens. And this is the year to do it. Absolutely. hundred percent. Get them out there. I mean, like, sure. Yeah. Like Brent and Eric and like, we're all saying, sure. Get them out there. Last year was not the year to play the kids. Last year was the year. To tank. to tank you don't you don't want the kids to lose and get used to losing that's really what you don't want you don't want that kind of culture but <clears throat> this year while we think they're not going to be a great team they should be better they should be trending upwards and there's you know sprinkling a little bit of the young kids into the lineup to give them that you know that promise and that hey we could be good in two years kind of you know promise that that's that's the way to go. That's really the way to go. So I think, you know, try him out. Yeah. And if, what's the worst that happens? He's no good at it and you put him at wing and then maybe he's pretty good wing. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I like that. It. That's a great take. Barter, you and I were, were talking similarly about this right before the show began. And I, if you're going to do this, do it right now. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And this is not a, this is not necessarily a tank year. In fact, it's not a tank year. And uh, Bardo, what do you, I mean, with that in mind, I mean, you feeling similarly, not a tank here. You're going out there to win games. You're going out there for the experience. Reichel at center, see how it goes. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like the the next step in the rebuilding. I mean, it's like you got lucky in the, in the draft and you got a kid who's going to start day one and you've, you've surrounded him with people that are going to teach him how to be a pro. And, you know, yeah, I mean, it's like, look, if, if the team is good, then, you know, Hey, that that's great. If, not then that's what we're all kind of expecting is that the record's going to be lousy they're going to probably be in the top picking in the top 10 um but on the Reichel topic I mean I, I think you know it's so hard in this league to find and and develop quality centers now is the time to see if he can you know play center in the NHL you know and then that's played that that means play that 180 foot game and be responsible um and so we'll see I mean he he may and like Gates said, worst case, he goes back to wing because we know he can play there. He's talented enough um, that he can score, and, and he's done it a little bit in the NHL level, but he's done it certainly in the AHL level. Yeah. I mean, I guess he, the, we're going to find out a lot about the two top prospects the, as far as forwards are concerned with the Hawks, with both Reichel and Bedard. Are they mm-hmm. actually going to be centers? I mean, I think yeah. there, are, there are still a lot of questions about Bedard. You know, being a being a regular center, and at some point, is he just going to shift over to the wing and and see how that goes? But Reichel at center, I think it's going to be a good take. Um, you know, like we just talked about, give it a shot and see where the chips fall there. You know, the other thing we that the the other big Blackhawk announcement going into training camp, there will be no captain to start the season, and I think that those that uh, follow the rink have have uh, 
know that this has been said all along here because we're great guys and we know what we're talking about. Uh, even Sean, uh, mostly, Eric, <laughs> mostly Eric and even Sean. Um, <laughs> we're smart guys, in, not just great guys. Right. Yeah. With that in mind, there's two A's that have been confirmed on the team. That's uh, Connor Murphy and, uh, and um, Seth or Seth Jones. And, you know, they can, they can go duke it out somewhere and figure out who really wants to be the real leader. Um leader of the pack, but the, the, the Hawks do have some other vets coming in. And I mean, can, can we see other letters on other guys, Shawnee? I mean, who else, you know, they, they signed it. The Blackhawks made some free agent signees that people jump in. Oh, why would you give, you know, Corey Perry $4 million for a year? Why would you give Felino that much money for a year? And, you know, et cetera. Well, folks, what else do you have to sell them on? Number one, the only way you're going to get vets to get around your young guys is you got to give them a lot of money. Right. You got to you know, pay them. And you need veteran leadership in in um, a new locker room where there's it's a changing of the guard. Like there's no longer Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, none of those old guard leaders are there anymore. So, um, and obviously, like Bedard, they don't want to give him the captaincy this year. They're going to let him get his feet wet in the NHL because he's 18, and they don't want to put more pressure on him than there already is. And then. You guys, you've got Corey Perry, who I know everybody's going to love to boo, but he could be a veteran. He's going to be a veteran leader. Taylor Hall was brought in for that reason. Mm-hmm. You still have Connor Murphy and Seth Jones on your team. So you have veterans around there that could be um, the assistant captain. I I personally, I'm thinking they're going to go Seth Jones. Um, maybe they give Bedard the A, one of them. And then, I don't know. Maybe they give it to Felino or Taylor Hall, whoever they think is going to be here for the entirety of the season. Because Bard I don't think you want to. You. Bard was okay. that. You said Bedard with the A. Bardo, you really shook your I, head. I don't, I don't think they're going to put the pressure on him. I'd be very surprised. The guy who I think is going to get the third A is Tyler Johnson. Hmm. I mean, the reason why is because he's been here for a year, um, probably finishes the year, because I think he's still under contract for another year after this, right? Because so. Corey Perry and Felino are all one-year deals, so I think they could be gone by by the springtime. You know, yeah. they could be traded, at, you know, at the deadline. Tyler Johnson is uh, this is his last year of the deal. Oh, it is his last year. Okay, so so I'm wrong. And like water is wet. Tyler Johnson always gets hurt too. What? Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you got um, Taylor Hall and you got and- Andreas Athanasiu too that are both here. Oh yeah, nice oh, to see you. He oh, actually might. Anastasio might might get that because you know, given his effort and you know that guy, that kid played eighty two games, you know, or or you know he played hard every single game. I mean, that kid was like, you know, scoring goals when the games completely didn't matter in game eighty one and eighty two, which basically cost the Blackhawks the worst record. Didn't matter in the end, but still, I mean, <laughs> I right, think so that obviously can be sort of rewarded um, given his effort. So he might be the guy that gets the third A. All right, so let's do a wager right now. Everybody gets a guy, all right? The winner gets some sort of prize right now. So is that your guy? Is that your guy, A2, Bardo? Yeah, what the hell? I'll take him. <laughs> we'll go with Gate. Gate, who do you got? Who gets it? You can't I, take get to, it. I, I get to pick anyone? Anyone. Who gets it? Who gets the third A? The third A. I right, am. Pichera. All right, make note of this, folks. Actually. I know, who, I know who I got, but I'll go last, so someone might take him. Let me see. I'm going to take. Taylor Hall. I like it. Brent, you're new. So you get a you get an early draft pick. <laughs> Brent, you're new. 
<laughs> I know, man. Based solely on comments made already, I'm going Fligna. Like, he's been the guy for Bedard already, I think. Even oh. if you do look to trade him at the death That was mine. Like, I think you got to give it to him. Yeah. Eric Just, Andrews. I'll say this. Anybody but Corey Perry. That's all. <laughs> it's going to happen. You know it's going to happen. Just because we all hate it. Eric, what do you, who do you got? Who's the third A? I'm going to mention someone that has not been mentioned yet at no, all, no, don't actually. Do don't do it. Don't do it, because that's who I want. I know you're going to do it. I'm going to do it purely based on the fact that he wore a letter at times last year. So I think he already has, you know, a leg up in that regard. Jared Tenorti. Ooh, that's who I wanted. I'm actually a Jared Tenorti fan. I like Jared Tenorti. I mean, you know, if you put him in the right position, like I think he's a good, tough guy with what's, experience what's, and what's he's not, not going to be like great. Jared Tenorti. He's awesome. What's not to like his dad. He's a dick. Well, yeah. <laughs> well that's true. Hey. Well, that's yeah. true. So what? He's not his dad, man. From the North Stars days. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you got Jared Tenorti, and I, I think Eric can you know, change your opinion of him. He's still a dick. Like straight out of Major League Two. The vast majority. Of that's very, on that 90, that's very Eric. Uh, Eric. Eric does this, folks. He sits around, he marinates, he lets everyone talk, and he goes, "Yeah, I'm gonna process, and I'm gonna beat them all." Yeah. Uh, Poker face. Yep. Which makes sense. All right, so he's got Tenorti. Sean, did you go already? There I did not. I don't even know who's left. I'll say Connor Murphy. He's got one already. He's got yeah. one. What the hell's wrong with you? Well, I have. Nobody cares, Sean. Nobody cares. He's taking Bedard. Bedard. He's taking Bedard. He made. Yeah, he's taking Bedard. He's taking Bedard. I'll take Bedard. All right. I'll uh, then, Bedard. all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go totally off script here, and there's no snowballs chance in hell. But I'm just Strom. wondering. I'm wondering if someone <laughs> Dylan Strome. <laughs> Dylan Strome is coming back, and they're going to put an apple on his jersey. I'm going. Uh, I'm going loyalty points for a guy that somehow has survived all of this, and no one understands why, and he's still around. But Philip Kurosha. <laughs> your guy. Oh, you, you were you were making fun of Isaac Phillips and how he marinated it. How, how long has Philip Kurashev marinated in this he's, organization? He's just always there. I mean, he's, he's like, like a five-year like, NHL veteran at this point, but he's still a rookie. There could be a nuclear holocaust, and Kurashev would be the first guy on the ice at the United Center days later. Be like, hey, I'm still here. Right out of the Swiss League, like yeah. when he played during the uh, the COVID year or whatever. Right out of the Swiss League. With that juice for those first five games, and he's terrible. Hey, I will throw one from way from left field. Like and it. this, this well, could. You, are you changing your pick? No, I'm not changing it. I'm just All saying right. this is like an outlier kind of uh, a surprise one that that many people might not think of. Ryan Donato. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. He actually played a big part in Seattle's team the last yeah, couple years. And uh, he earned a lot of respect and all that stuff. So I think that's why they brought him in. Now he's not going to, you're not going to see him on your first line or maybe even third line, but the guy's got some respect and he's, you know, he's got that leadership. So Mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't really think it'll happen, but if something came out of left field, it wouldn't surprise me. No, good player. Yeah. And he played for the U S Olympic team in that year where they couldn't send pros. Dexter Southfield prep school. Out here in Massachusetts, Dad played on. with Ray LeBlanc, I believe. Sure did. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, it did not actually. Donato be a good pick. I mean, honestly, the way that this team is constructed, though, Gate, I Donato could see second line minutes at various points. During yeah, the up and down the lineup. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean he shouldn't. He shouldn't be anywhere above third line, and, and they even that's 
no, saying but, a lot. I mean, he's he's just he's a great guy with a good personality and more grit. Yeah, he's one of those guys. Anyway, so yeah. the Cavs and Liz Hawks. We'll see. Uh, so we all have our picks. It's gonna look great to see who gets the third A. Um, I like Andrew's pick. I'm jealous. Uh, oh, oh, wait, wait, look at this. Oh, got? I gotta put it up there. Our boy Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Two. <laughs> Too many D men with letters. That's see. That's uh, why I went forward. That's why I went yeah. with Taylor Hall because I think they're gonna definitely uh, pick it forward. Uh Ray, telling yeah. you, man. Uh-huh. Ryan Donato, uh-huh. baby. <laughs> I like it. Awesome. All right, pie in the sky. One last, one last question uh, before we declare victory for the evening, or we could talk about the NHL too, which would be uh, pretty good. But one last. Uh, one last thought on the Blackhawks here. In a perfect world, what happens this season? Like we, when we look back on this season at the end of the season, what do you say? Yeah, that makes sense. That's about right, and that's where we should be. Eric, Tenorti, go. You cut Jared. out for a second. Can you repeat the question? I didn't cut out. Sean did. Um, <laughs> True. <laughs> this is like a conference call at work. <laughs> yeah, You're on I, mute, I, Sean. I got. Yeah. Um, today at work. Yeah. When you when you look back on this season in April, because it will be April when you look back on the season. It will not be May. True. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Let's clear that up, folks. The Blackhawks will not be in the playoffs this year. Um, what the hopes and dreams? Of what are you saying? Okay, good. This is how it should have. This is how it should shake out. Now, last year at the time we were going, hey. Congratulations, Kyle Davidson. Congratulations, Luke Richardson. Congratulations, Danny Wirtz. You tanked. You got the number one pick. It all worked out. Will we be singing a similar tune? It won't be as divine. It won't be as lovely as getting the number one overall pick. Or will it? Um, but what when you look back, what do you be like, okay, that's good. That's what we want out of this year. I mean, the obvious answer is seeing that next step from a lot of the young players, you know, whether that be guys playing with the Blackhawks guys in Rockford or guys not currently in the organization. Um, I think development and, and progression is unquestionably the biggest thing about this season. Um, obviously you'd like to see Bedard, you know, establish himself as being, you know, kind of what people are hoping he's going to be, you know, he's not going to be that, you know, elite superstar right away, more likely than not. That'd be great if he is, but probably not. But, you know, at least show signs that he's going to be a special player and, you know, see that he's, you know, a, a responsible player across all 200 feet, um, you know, not overwhelmed by the physicality. Um, that's obviously big. But, yeah, I think just across the board, seeing the young players take that next step in their development is is the most important thing. Brent, do you feel that feel similarly in that regard? Is there anything that you really want to see happen other than Jersey sales and, you know, fun things like that? Ray just wrote in, he wants Macklin Celebrini, ladies and gentlemen, the consensus number one overall next year. Chicago still alum. Who's going to be a freshman at Boston <laughs> university, which will be the best team in college hockey this year. If any of you follow college hockey, Boston university is loaded coming in this year. Mm-hmm. Um, at any rate, Brent, pie in the sky when you look back in the season. What do you want to be like? Okay, good. I mean, yeah, if we're talking dream scenario, Ray hit the nail on the head. We somehow piss off the entire <laughs> NHL fan base and get the number one overall pick again. That'd be nice. Drink tears for another year. Like, that. 
I mean, that'd be awesome, but I just poor Kyle Beach's name will be slandered some more. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that was a good point. Like, just see everybody develop. I mean, yeah. really, at this point in your arc of the rebuild, that's all you can really hope for. This team's not winning anything. They shouldn't nearly be as bad as last year. Right. Should be at least exciting hockey to watch. At least there's young guys to get excited about. Um, and honestly, if we can continue to flip some of these guys up the deadline and maybe get a little more talent in too, like that's going to be great to see too. So really, as long as you know Bedard doesn't get his knee blown out in like game three oh, or anything no. crazy that like why did you put that out in the world no that was wow yeah that because was, that's gonna happen to me walking tomorrow it's not gonna happen to him oh, i'm knocking on anything wood in this room right now yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean really as long as nothing catastrophic happens this season can really only be positive for this team yeah is there any one player or any bardo are there any players that you have and the tip of your tongue where you're like, I really want this to work out and this would make a big difference for our club moving forward other than Connor Bedard. Yeah. I mean, I think it, I mean, what everybody said is, is kind of what I'm thinking, but I also, in addition to the, you know, the young guys, like I want to see Luke Richardson continue to develop as a head coach. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think he did a fantastic job last year because like, you know, I think we all, we can all agree. I don't think there was one game where they looked completely flat or had no effort. I mean, this team, was just overmatched talent-wise every single night, but they just still played hard, um, you know. So I, I'd like to see them continue to do that. But then also, you know, let's see him do, you know, situationally, X's and O's. I mean, they may not, um, you know, get you know win games because of X's and O's, but at least you know I'd like to see some sort of structure where you know. They, he tries things and maybe they don't work or whatever line combinations. Like I want to see kind of how he reacts to, you know, when does he change up lines? When does he, you know, change up the power play? Cause it struggles. Like that's what I really want to see out of him is the, is the continued development of the head coach. Yeah. I like that. That's a good take too. Gate. Are you, are you, do, is there any part of you that are you a big Luke Richardson guy? And, you know, do you think that is it do you think it's actually possible a couple years from now that Luke Richardson is a guy that is still the head coach if they're actually going to be a cup contender? I am a Luke Richardson guy. I like what I've seen. Uh, he says a lot of great things. He seems to be seems to have a, you know, a, a voice that everybody listens to in, in the room. Uh, he command. He seems to command the room like he has all the things you want as a head coach. Yeah. And there were flashes last year of things, you know that looked all right. It, it, it didn't look completely abysmal, you know? Uh, so yeah, he, I mean, he could work out uh, if he doesn't, you know, he's going to go somewhere else and probably have a good career somewhere. You yeah. know, they, they may decide that, you know, that right guy hits, you know, Mike Babcock's on the market, but um, oh, they, oh, boy. they get, may think that, get into that in a second. Yeah. They, they may, phone. yeah, they, uh, they may think that, you know, the right guys out there that could just push him right over the edge, you know, Gerard Gallant or who knows whatever they think, you know, at that point in time who may be available. And I don't know. And I'm not saying that they may be the right people, but they may think, you know, like that Joel Quenville hiring that happened right before, you know, the Hawks won their cups. They were, they, they brought him in as a consultant. You knew he was going to be the next head coach. You knew what everyone knew what was going to happen. So like they may do that kind of thing, but they may not, you know, maybe they like Luke and maybe they believe, you know, in Luke, we believe and yeah. that's fine too. 
you know, uh, for me, as far as me, like I always see it from the net. So like, I want to oh. see, you know, I want to see Soderblom play well. I want to see, you know, them not rush the guys in AHL, just let them play in the AHL and be, if they're going to be good AHL players for a year, you know, if you need to bring them up because of when Mraza gets hurt, that's going to happen. Uh, yeah. They're going to also have probably, I would assume Dylan Wells might still stay in the, in the organization, but you know, even behind all that stuff, you know, you had Gagin, like, or, yeah, that was a great know, pick. Yeah, that was a good pick. You know, he was a top ranked goalie. They got him in the second round. Like, how could you complain about that? So, like, let let him develop. I want to see. I want to see how the goalies develop, uh, so they don't have to go out there and maybe overspend for too many years on a goalie like a Cristobal Huey situation, which ended up just being a pain in the butt in the end. You know, if you have Chris, a couple of young goalies, Chris are, Drieger. Yeah. Well. I like Chris Trigger, but yeah, um, he just got injured. His problem was he got injured. Uh, but yeah. anyway, you know, let's just see if you can have some young cost control goalies in the system. And that could help you a lot down the road when you maybe need to make that Marion Hosa move to just push it over the edge, you know, uh, with yep. a good young team, bring someone in a team with Bedard or whatever you're going to do in two or three years when they're actually uh, competitive. Yeah, no, I agree. I, that's a that's a good call, and I think that I do like that Gagin pick. And I know we didn't really get much into the Blackhawks draft after it happened, but the Gagin pick's great. He's you know, going to be at Michigan State or is enrolled in Michigan State right now. Who I actually predict will finish ahead of University of Michigan this year. I know bold, but Michigan State is also stacked. Um, for those of you that are following college hockey out there well you know those college kids they they just don't develop and it's terrible yeah. terrible 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 frank nazar man yeah they don't get awesome. those awesome. that week of training camp yeah yeah they're missing out they're missing out on some big stuff yeah for me I, with the hawks for me it's lucas reichel i i really want to see this work out i i really want him not to for the blackhawks not to feel that after this year that he is disposable in this thing that that he's someone where they say, well, you know, maybe we could move him for a few parts and and um, maybe better off without him. Part of this, I don't think it'll come to that, but I just I think we're at that point with Reichel where it's like they've taken the time to develop him. Um, Trey Augustine, there you go, thank you, Ray. Um, they've taken the time to develop him. You know, it's it's you know, I hate to say it's make or break time, but we might be nearing that point. It's like, all right, let's see if this kid is going to be a good pro and hopefully be part of, uh, be, be part of the next wave of the hacks. Well, come will. on. He's elite, right? Yeah. Didn't we hear yeah. about how elite he was. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. 21st overall pick. Isn't that what he was? Hey, Andy, uh, I think, um, Kyle Davidson is the one I want to watch. Yeah. Like what he's going to do with you. Cause now he's, he doesn't have his dad as the chairman. He's fully in control of the organization. Not that he's, he wasn't before. Are you talking about Rock? Are you talking about Rocky Wirtz and I'm Danny Wirtz? I'm talking about Danny and Kyle Davidson. Like, like uh, Kyle Davidson and Danny are. Kyle, gonna... and you said his dad. We're not talking. Sorry, about I apologize. God damn it, Kyle! I think it was like the theoretical daddy. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you were confusing. In any, in any event, I think uh, Davidson and uh, Danny Wirtz is something to watch this year because for Davidson, he only has ten. Con- you can only carry 50 NHL con like 50 people under contract. The Hawks are already at 40. So they're going to have to make some decisions if they flip guys at the deadline, what they're going to acquire, draft picks and stuff like that. So it's going to be really interesting. This season, 
it's all about development, but it's also about like, okay, this is the next step in the plan. The plan is either going the way they thought it would be, or it's not going the way they would thought it would be. And then what does he have to do in terms of pivoting? Does he use his draft capital in different ways? So that's Mm -hmm. what I'm excited to look at. Obviously everybody is going to say on the ice. And obviously I want, like I wanted Soderblom to hopefully establish himself as an NHL goalie and a regular, but off the ice, I would love to see what Davidson does in terms of the deadline, developing draft picks, signing contracts and things like that. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't, I guess I'm not as intrigued with Davidson and, and I I mean, I'm intrigued with Davidson, but I don't, it doesn't seem like on the current roster, they don't have as many parts that you can flip that are as attractive as it might've been a year ago. For sure, but you still have um, to figure out what you have in your yeah. Philip Ruse or your Isaac Phillips. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Guys like that, and he's going to have to make decisions on those guys. I actually, right. uh, I actually think Connor Murphy can be one of the most attractive um, players available at the deadline, if not maybe the most attractive defenseman available. Especially if you uh, put an A on his chest, you know how that <laughs> creates so much trade value. It does. Well, yeah. <laughs> Makes sense, but it does. Yeah, you know? no, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but think about who was the top guy last year. It was the, the who was the guy from Washington um, that went to to Boston. Orlov. Yeah, I mean, what yeah. was he? He was probably a middle pair defenseman right. who could play in the top line if if you needed him to. But he was better yeah. off in the middle. Oh my and god, that, that was the same. The guy from Columbus. They did the same thing with him. That guy was garbage. David uh, Savard. I, no, 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 no. Uh, He's a Russian. No, he's a Russian defenseman. Uh, I don't. The name skips me. He went to the Kings. And he signed with the Kings. I don't remember. No. But oh, anyway, Gabrikov. he was. Yeah, that's it. Oh, Gabrikov. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there like he go. was garbage. Samson, he was like garbage. Yeah. That guy was hot garbage, like flaming yeah. garbage. I every They're time I watched him play, every time he played the Blackhawks, he was picking the puck out of the net. He yeah. was just awful. And I even it was I even noticed it enough to like comment on on Twitter about it. And usually it's like. No name guys on a, on a on an opposing team. You never say anything about him, right? This guy, I'm like, well, but look at it this way: Connor Murphy has been st- what at at best steady for an awful mm-hmm. team for the last couple of years. Yeah, what could he do for a cup contender? So there you go. I think to if me, healthy, another guy. Yeah, you're right. That's yeah, another I mean, thing. If healthy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, he's he's not he's not that expensive. I mean, he's on oh. the hook for three more years at four point four for for for. For a little over four million dollars per year, so that's not that bad. I mean, someone could easily afford that. You'd have yeah. to keep him around and just hope that he's healthy for a little bit longer. But, right. um, you know, no, that's not that's not bad. Other than that, I mean, I I don't I don't suspect. I mean, maybe someone will want Corey Perry, but at the same time, you're not going to get much more than a fifth round pick, sixth round pick for him, or a bag of pot. That point, if Tyler Johnson. I was going to say, if Tyler yeah. Johnson's healthy and him scoring, I mean, you're, you're talking about a kid who has, you know, cup experience and also can, you know, play center, play wing, help your power play. You know, that that's valuable in the come postseason. And they could retain some of his money because they're only retaining one contract currently. So yeah. that could right. be something to watch. And, and as far as forwards go, they have five players who are under contract for next year. Which is Taylor Hall, Andreas Athanasiu, uh, Kurashev, Donato, and Bedard. So they only have yep. five forwards that are on, under contract. Yeah, everybody could be <clears throat> just flipped. And then on defense, you got uh, uh, the aforementioned mentioned uh, Seth Orr and Nikita Zaitsev. Or no, actually, Connor no. Murphy. 
Zaitsev yeah, is Zaitsev's off. Zaitsev's off the books. And well, yeah. uh, Wyatt Kaiser, and that's it. Oh, well, I thought Murphy was yeah. free after this year. My fault. Yeah, Kershev's going to get expensive right after he gets that A. Murphy so. has two <laughs> more years left. <laughs> Did he Murphy? sign an extension and I don't remember it? I, no, I guess he, he did. Well, yeah. No, he, he got the, for three more years, yeah. Yeah, three more it. years. And yeah. Seth Jones's contract goes off the page. That's how long he's under contract. Yeah. Huh. Well, cool. There's something else. Uh, so let's just real quick in the next five minutes or so, let's just go around the league. There's two big topics. One is Steve Stamkos had a few things to say. Um regarding not getting in a, a or thought he was going to get offered a contract extension over the off season. I didn't see it. I didn't, I saw the tweet or anything, but there's that. And then we're going to get into Mike Babcock briefly, but any, any comments, any fodder on the uh, thoughts around the Stamkos thing? Is that some, some sort of signal that this is the end for him in Tampa Bay Brent? Or is this one of those, like, this is just going to be swept under the rug. He'll be a lightning. He'll be a bolt for life. Something of that. I don't know. There was a lot to unpack in the comments from both sides on that one. Like everybody was kind of talking without saying anything on both sides of that. Like Stan Coast has obviously been the guy for that team forever. Like he wants his guarantee that he's going to stay there. You can certainly understand that, but I mean, he's old. He's been hurt. If you're Tampa Bay, you're constantly doing a magic show of how you get your team under the salary cap every year. I mean, is Sam Coast the guy you want to bring back again? I don't know. Maybe he's not. But if I'm sitting here as Kyle Davidson, hey, give me uh, Sam Coast and the ghost of Brent Seabrook, and uh, we'll throw you a couple picks and <laughs> solve all your problems. Yeah. It'll be payback for the Hagel stuff. Well, and also, you you got to trade or let a guy go a year too early, and that rather than a year too late. Uh, a much wiser hockey guy than me said that, and uh, it makes a lot of sense. And they did like they did with you know pretty much with Patrick Kane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which if uh, he Patrick Kane, you know everyone keeps bemoaning why the Blackhawks haven't re-signed him. And I, oh my god. I, I, Eric and I got into a little bit of a Twitter war with somebody and just about how the Blackhawks would, the Blackhawks organization would be failing if they didn't offer Patrick Kane a contract if Detroit offered him a contract. Mm-hmm. And the um, his main sticking point was, well, Connor Bedard changed the projection. He changes the projection total, but he didn't change the calculus. And the calculus is that Patrick Kane doesn't help this team. And and Connor Bedard and all the young guys are going to be living in his shadow for the entirety of his time here. So, Well, if you brought Taylor Hall in, and if he didn't bring Taylor Hall in, right. then maybe you do that. But you can't have Taylor Hall and Patrick Kane out there if you want this kid to develop with some of the kids that are his age. Uh, right. you, you can't put them out there with these guys that are not going to be there in two or three years. Both of them. Like you got to mix them in with some kids. He's going to actually be playing with in a couple of years to create some kind of chemistry. Yeah, and totally. yeah. you know, if you, you're just putting too you put too many, uh, you know, veterans on that roster and the kids are never going to get a chance to play. 
And this is when you let them play. This is the perfect year to let them play and let Patrick Kane chase a cup or whatever he's going to do somewhere else. Like, you know, if, if Hall wasn't here, I'd be okay with it. And that's fine. It's all good and well, but with Hall here, like let's, let's not, you know, you got enough veterans that are mucking up the system here. Uh, let's not add another one on there that isn't going to be here when you are good. Yeah. That makes sense. Where does Patrick Kane end up folks? Thoughts? Eric, what do you think? Not Chicago. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's so hard to say right now. I mean, yeah. no, one I think, I think a lot of it also comes down to what is he willing to take financially? Yeah. I mean, that's going to determine, you know, what teams would be able to take him on in the first place. So, I mean, you know, if he's adamant about getting five million, that's going to cut down on the market a lot. But if he says, you know, I just want to chase another cup, I'll take a million bucks. Then I think there's a lot of teams that would say, yeah, we'll take Patrick King for a million bucks, no problem. Yeah. Um, I don't. I I can even pick guess. a team to even go with four right million. Now. Four million is reasonable for a Patrick Kane, I think. It's a little on the high side. It makes sense with Debrinket there. So I think I think that he wants to reunite with him. I really believe that. You know what? And, and and that all that being said, you brought that up about the contract. We don't know that he, he got offered a contract. This is all just a theory. Right. That, yeah. You know, right. some rumor out there. Like, we don't know that right. Detroit did it. It was someone, you know, off off handedly said something about Detroit and how he may want to, you know, yeah. re, re, reunite with uh, Debrinket. And, and, and everyone just went off, the, you know, just jumped off the bridge for it. Yeah. And just I do want to I do want to see him in Carolina. And so does Ray. With Tevu, yeah. that'd be good. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I just think I'm trying to show Ray's comment, but yeah, I, I mean, I think we've we've mentioned this before. I mean, I think that'd be his best shot for a cup. Um, I think Carolina would have to move around some parts, but you know, if he's willing to go somewhere, and you know, it just seems like that'd be a really good fit. But who knows? I mean, Kaner will land somewhere. He'll be playing hockey at some point before the new year. And uh, hopefully with a cup contender. Last last piece before we wrap up, Mike Babcock uh, resigned as the coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets, and um, that's 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 going to be it for uh, Mike Babcock in the NHL, and might be it for him coaching in general. And I mean, I don't the rumors, the stories, you know, that, Oh, he was going through my phone or, you know, he made me show pictures up there. And then who was the player involved? He said, no, he didn't. It wasn't like that. The bottom line with Mike Babcock is it sounds like he just creeps people out, man. I mean, I don't, you know, he just makes people uncomfortable. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I don't really know what else to say. Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, and there was, you know, what, whatever he, they claim he was trying to accomplish, like there's ways of doing that. Yeah. And there's ways of doing it that don't make people, you know, you, you prepare them a little bit, you give them a little bit of warning. I, it sounds like what happened was, is he surprised these people and these people weren't expecting this. And I mean, if you know what, you know, you look at your phone, there's things that are probably private on it that you don't want being flashed up on a, you know, yep. an airplane screen. Uh, that's just kind of the way it is. That's the way the world is nowadays. So let them prepare for a second. Hey, tell them on the way in the door, or, uh, you know, today's meeting, have five pictures of things you're proud of or things that mean a lot to you or whatever, and we'll show them up on the board. And and yeah. then maybe they'll be more comfortable. But would you, you know, and basically just ambush them when they come in the door and, you know, those kids are going to feel uncomfortable for sure. 
Well, I mean, can you imagine going into any job and your employer's like, give me your phone? I wouldn't do it. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, the first thing you do is you go to HR and you get, get rid of this person. And I'm not even worried, you know, right. but yeah. I still wouldn't want, I don't, what, do you, what do you want to do with my phone? What do you I, do? Don't, I mean, especially after all that, you know, I, I, I'm not the biggest Paul Bissonnette guy in the world. I don't, I mean, I don't think he's a bad person, but I'm just not big on outspoken hockey minds. It's just not my stilo. That's not how I roll. You know, so when he first came out and was blasting Babcock, I was like, oh, this guy again, you know, he's just trying to make a name for himself, but. You know, he ended up being right, so I guess credit to him, and I'm sure that's what he wanted was credit for being right on that. And he uh, deserves it. And he deserves it. Yeah. And he deserves it. But it, but it's he said something interesting, and it's you know after what happened with Mitch Marner and you know how yep. how he left the Leafs, yeah, he just didn't learn anything, and he didn't adjust or change his ways at all. And so, I mean, all eyes were on him as a hire when it happened. And, you know, for him to just uh, just implode like that right away. I mean, it's goodbye. That's it. So well, it makes you questions. wonder, because was he working at a college or a junior team or something like that? I think he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he, he was he was mm. a volunteer assistant at University of Vermont. Um, I mean, what was he doing he was around, there? <laughs> he, I don't know. I think his son plays there. Um, and he was around Merrimack College a lot because he was living locally for a while. So, I mean, I, I would see him around the rinks and stuff. I mean, not, not to engage with him. I certainly didn't. Did you, did he ask for your phone? No. And no, but I, I thought about giving it to him, but now, you know, I don't know. Weird dude. Yeah. He's, if he gets another job, that'll be, be bad. bad I don't, I don't, I I think that's it. That's, that's got to be. That ship has sailed. Yeah, that's, that's they tried mm-hmm. to do the the happy tour of uh, Mike Babcock and it failed miserably. Yeah, it just didn't go well. Yeah. So that's too bad. All right, well that should do it for tonight. Um, good stuff, gentlemen. Go go Hawks. Uh, this should be fun, folks. We're going to be back a little bit more now on the regular now that it's September and the season is upon us. And um, let's see what these Hawks can do. It should be a much more fun follow than a tank job. That's for sure. You have a generational talent. Everyone's rooting for him. And you got a lot of young guys to check in. on. Uh, don't be focused on the win column because that ain't really where it should be right now. And it won't be looking so hot. Uh, but a lot of good hockey to follow moving forward. Any last shots out there, boys? Progress isn't linear. I just want to say, hey. Keep coming back to the website. We're going to have a lot of cool new stuff this year. So make sure you go over to thelastrink.com and check out all of our stuff. Brent's going to be coming on and adding some content for us. We also have our Colorado division, too. It's been really kicking ass. Uh, Ryan and Brennan, and we have Savvy, who's a new writer. So the three of them have really just been turning out a whole bunch of content. So come over and check out. If you like the the apps, too, come over and check it out. So uh, that's all I have to say. Well, Brent, welcome aboard. It's going to be great to have you uh, this year, buddy. And um, the rest of the ringcasters, thank you, Bardo. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Shawnee. Thank you, Eric Andrews. Uh, Andy Campbell signing off for tonight. Go Hawks. We'll see you all very, very soon.